the hard shoulder on Newstalk with Nissan's big electric switch. Scrappage is now available on your old car when you switch to a 100% electric Nissan Leaf. That's right, it is that time of the week. Every Wednesday, John Fardy, presenter of Screen Time and Off the Ball, Sue Murphy, join me to talk me through, talk all of us through their best movie and TV recommendations for the week ahead. Uh, you're both very welcome uh, to the show, folks. John, the Mitchells versus the Machines, top notch, I have to say. Your oh, pick I'm glad week. you liked it. Yeah. I'm delighted you liked it. Yeah, It's uh, a delight, isn't it? Oh, it's, just, it's just really enjoyable. It looks great, but most importantly, it's just really enjoyable and the kids loved it. Absolutely loved and it. You, but you, you got some of the laughs as well, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I understood <laughs> some of them too. They didn't all go over my head. Yeah, I know. Good. I'm a big Mission boy now. Uh, right, <laughs> let's get into uh, uh, the, the, the main thrust of things here. So your, your very first TV pick for the week is A Handmaid's Tale, the new season of uh, The Handmaid's Tale. Let's take a listen. I'm looking for June Osborne. You're better off without her. Everyone that helps her ends up on the wall. She has eluded your soldiers for 19 days. Find her and bring her to me. Do you have some secret brilliant plan? I made a promise to hurt them the way we hurt. This morning, a plane left Gilead and landed at Pearson. There were 86 children on board. This will start a war. Oh my God, Sue, The Handmaid's Tale. Uh, uh, the first season was brilliant and after half of one episode of the second season, I went, nah, not for me. Absolute waste of time. Rubbish. So catch me up. Where are we on season what now? Can I just say that that's not actually a reflection on the season though. You give up very, very quickly. No, I do. I, I'm notorious for just giving up on things very quickly. Um, <laughs> even TV. Um, even TV. Uh, no, this is the fourth, fourth season. season. Okay. So yeah you've probably missed quite a bit now at this stage but the um i kind of felt that way about season three not trying to give away any spoilers here but um i think most people will know that it's june has started to rebel and uh, so of the handmaids so you have this situation where she's kind of on the run trying not to give too much away if people haven't seen series three because it they have put it up on players again for people to watch um, and she's basically on the run and trying to get as many kids out of the country as is, as is possible but i thought it it once it changed like once it moved past the source material because in the book you don't have this it doesn't it's not in the book I didn't think it was it was as good as um the, the book is just season book. one, isn't it? Yeah, and some of season two. Like the, the I don't know if you've ever read it, but the end of it kind of sums everything up very quickly in the book. So you you don't really have the ins and outs of everything that happened. So they had to move outside the source material very, very quickly. Mm. But season four, I've watched the first two episodes of season four. And actually, RT have it before the UK. Like it's just a few days after it's released in the states, which is great because we we have first access to it. It's good. It like I think if you're a, a fan of this, you'll really like it. But some of it is really hard for me to buy because you know the way they built that terror into you of Gilead and everyone who runs it. Yeah, we should and say for people who don't know what we're talking about, Gilead. It's this dystopian future where these religious yeah. fundamentalists have taken over the United States, basically. Yes, and basically there's some sections of it I've started, so there's like the, the Republic of Texas is one of the places now, which is free. But like she has people that are willing to help her now, and uh, basically the Martha's revolted, with uh, the housemaids revolted in the last one and, and took the kids as well. But it's it's just, 
I feel like they're getting away with stuff that they probably wouldn't have got away with. Now, maybe it's just the, the start the, of Gilead crumbling. But I really feel like when you're watching it, you're like, you wouldn't have got away with that in season one. You'd be dead now. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, that, I find that hard to It's kind of stupid into, is what still, you're saying. Yeah. No, it's still really good. Like, Elizabeth Moss is still really good in it. And, mm. like, I really like some of that. Like, I'm really liking the drama with the Waterfords, Commander Waterford and his wife. But, honestly, I don't think it's as good as season one. No, season one Season one was great. Did you read The Testaments, the second book? Yeah, and I just felt like, this is awful to say this about Mark and Atwood because I love, love, love the first book so much. But I really felt like The Testaments were like, how do I make this into another story <laughs> and make sure everyone buys into this again? And I was like, The Handmaid's Tale was complete. I didn't feel like you had to, you had to have a sequel. But I did read it, obviously, that, and well, it that's, is a really good so book. But... Brilliant. That's exactly how I felt about season one of the TV show. Why make another? <laughs> uh, anyway, it's on RTE. Uh, when can people watch it? Tomorrow night on Network 2 at half 10. Network 2, RT2. Network 2. Oh, right. <laughs> RT, <laughs> RTE2, half 10 tomorrow night. John, your first movie pick for the week ahead, Tom Clancy's Without Remorse. Tell me all about it. Yeah, so the, incidentally, I've been to Texas a couple of times, right? Because my best mate lives in Dallas. And I actually think it is its own republic already. If you've ever been, it doesn't feel like America. <laughs> incidentally. It Sorry, was it? It was kind of like, like Cork. So it was the Republic <laughs> yeah. of Texas, wasn't it? Before it became one of the constituent states of the US. It yeah, probably so. was, yeah, it was. maybe. It certainly feels like one now when you're there, incidentally. Just a little kind of globe <laughs> right. hopping, name dropping there, you know. Sorry, I digress. <laughs> So this is on Amazon from last Friday, just gone, but <clears throat> I wanted to cover it because it's getting a lot of, every time you put on Amazon, it pops up, they're, they're keen to get it out there. Tom Clancy's Without Remorse, and they've put that in because they want people to realize this is based on the Tom Clancy book, which came out in 93, I think it was, <clears throat> and it was a massive big seller at the time and it was always destined to become a movified version of it you know now the original one takes place in vietnam this takes place in syria initially uh the weird situation in aleppo and michael b jordan plays a navy seal a real tough navy seal who gets involved in a kind of mission that goes wrong and there may be russian involvement and long story short some Russians come and attempt to kill all the people who are on this mission in Aleppo. They kill, this isn't a spoiler because it's in the trailer, they kill his wife, his pregnant wife. So he is full of revenge and he basically goes on a revenge mission to track down these Russians. There's also, you're not sure who may be pulling the strings here. Is there some American side of things? And it's kind of dark that way. So Michael B. Jordan is a serious badass in it. He's kind of like a Rambo style character. I kept thinking of Rambo. And of course he played Creed in the, the Rocky movies. And he's a similar kind of character. He's just really tough. This is fine. It's like two hours shy so I think it's an hour and 50 minutes and it's it's grand action escapism. But you just felt you'd probably seen it all before yeah. in various guises in Rambo, even the Bourne identity to a, a lesser extent. So it's shades of everything. It's it's perfectly passable entertainment. So you know the way sometimes you say giving a sideway thumbs up. So I'm not giving it a thumbs up and I'm not giving it a sideway thumbs up. I'm giving it Whatever thumbs up would be in the middle of those two. I don't know what monarch you'd use for that. A diagonal thumb or something. All right, okay. A slightly northwest or yes, uh, northeasterly yes. thumb is what, yes, uh, without yes. remorse. Well said. Uh, gets. Uh, Sue, so you know I love a period drama, so tell me all about The Pursuit of Love. 
This is actually, because I, I need to ask you, what did you think of the Line of Duty finale? Oh, absolute stink. Absolute stink. Really? Yeah, it was terrible, Sue. It was terrible. <laughs> I thought it was really realistic. No, but anyway, no, Sue, <laughs> Sue, Sue, I'm sorry, I will not have that. We talked about this in the show yesterday and I'm having none of it. <laughs> If you don't okay. watch TV shows like this for realism, I mean, like I said yesterday, if I wanted the backside bored off me by realism, I'd watch primetime every night of the week. Instead, I watched <laughs> Line of Duty for a bit of escapism and for entertainment. It was an awful end. Awful. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, though. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that is... I got that off my chest. It's okay. It's going to go back to costume drama. Everything's fine. So it's the pursuit of love is filling that gap for the next three weeks on BBC at that nine o'clock. And it's really interesting because it's Emily Mortimer who wrote and directed this and she stars in it as well as the mother, um, Lily James's mother in it. She plays Linda who's basically like a fe- it's between the two wars she decides that she's going to leave her aristocratic lifetime she's going in pursuit of love and that's all, all she wants to do with her life and it's pretty lucky that she has lots of money and she's able to do that and her cousin is kind of the narrator in the book it's based on an Nancy Midford um, novel from 1945 she's the narrator of everything that happens and she's in the in the book as well um, or in the show as well I haven't actually seen this I'm a bit sceptical because I feel like they're coming off the high of having Line of Duty and having a massive amount of viewers and onto this. But the fact that Emily Mortimer is directing and act and and writing it, I feel like they've put a lot of stock in it. So it's I haven't seen it. It's on BBC One on Sunday and they don't put in bad shows into BBC One Sunday at nine o'clock. So I have high hopes. Fingers crossed it's it's pretty good. Yeah, I've got high hopes as well. And I hope it won't be realistic that the male love interest just doesn't become a distant alcoholic who dies of syphilis or something at the end. <laughs> we don't want realism in these shows. Anyway, John, your next movie pick. This certainly will not be accused of realism. Mortal Kombat <laughs> is back. Let's take a listen. First learned about this seven years ago on a mission in Brazil to capture a wanted fugitive. Got there, it tore through our unit in seconds. The target had superhuman abilities. Mortal Kombat, of course, based on the video game. It was made a movie in 1995, cruelly overlooked at the following year's Oscars. Tell me about this, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> you can call me John if you want. Yeah, as well. go on, John. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, they, 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 they tried to do a follow-up to it as well in 97, which they did Mortal Kombat Annihilation, which was pretty abysmal. So this is like, this is weird. This is a follow-up to a movie that's based on a video game. And for people who don't know, Mortal Kombat is an incredibly violent video game. But if you're into that, it's a very good one. I mean, the, the fight action in Mortal Kombat is, is amazing. But the problem is like, you know, I'm sure someone will text in and disagree with me, but generally the few movies that have been based on video games, they just don't work. It, it, it's it's kind of pointless source material as far as I'm concerned. Like there is a world of literature and realism, as you describe it, to be turned into film. So I don't know why they bother with a video game. And this is proof of the pudding. So like, I'll tell you the plot if I can hold my attention long enough. Basically, it there's this washed up MMA fighter and these guys come back from another realm and try and bring him to another realm and they're going to have a big mortal combat fight and the thing about it is the fighting's actually the best thing about it if you're if you're okay with violence and scrapping in movies this is choreographed really well and the fight scenes 
are pretty damn good in it. Uh, and it starts with one back in ancient Japan, which is really good. But what happens is the plot gets in the way. Like they should have left it as a video game because the plot is all about this MMA fighter who then is called somewhere and then he's trained by these people and has to discover his power. And it's all this pointless, nonsensical dialogue. So like whatever, a thumbs down is definitely what I'm giving this. I just can't see the point of a movie like this. You right. know? Rent, li rent like a, a kung fu movie or something if you want you know what i mean if you're into yeah. fighting watch watch one of those like there's 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 fighting here and then there's this pointless kind of plot so i hate to sound like that kind of guy but i thought this was pretty terrible all right mortal combat a distinct thumbs down from john sue your final uh tv pick of the week ian wright home truths thursday bbc one 9 p.m tell me about it yeah I, i've actually been a bit fascinated by this i went back and listened to his desert island discs about he talks uh, very candidly about the abuse he went through um, when he was younger uh, his stepfather was a very cruel man um, there's one point in Desert Islandist where he's asked does he remember the first time he was hugged and he says I, I don't I don't actually remember being hugged at all and you're like oh my god this is just it's it's really heartbreaking he breaks down crying a couple of times and they've kind of expanded on that that theme in this so he he kind of goes on a journey where he speaks to people about domestic abuse and goes back to his own childhood speaks to therapists about what happened to him because he says himself that anger got in such the way of his career and his relationship with his family that he was finding it hard to function it, he's very honest in it and I'm not sure how much he's talked about this in the press before Desert Island and before this but he's incredibly likeable on Desert Island he's a real emotional guy like he starts crying when he talks about his wife walking up the aisle. He just seems like a really likable person and he comes across again. And, and like you're so used to seeing Ian Wright on Match of the Day and you forget that his stepfather used the music of that show to torture him. So he used to make him stand in the corner away from knowing that Match of the Day was his favourite show and made him stand. He wasn't allowed to look around the screen or something, something bad would happen to him. And now he's on that show. It's just, it's hard to process everything he's talking about, but it's, Honestly, the Desert Island Discus is brilliant. So if it's anything to go by, I think this documentary will actually be really good. All right. It is Ian Wright, Home Truths, uh, Thursday, BBC One, 9pm. John Sue, thanks a million for all of that. <laughs>